Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Tyler Schultz. I'm Kyle Prezelinski. I'm Ralph Enough. And I'm Jeremy Duvall. Welcome to, it's like the, on, on tonight, on a very special episode of Countercharge. Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about not Kings of War, but we're going to be talking about Firefight. I know I'm really excited to have Rob and Kyle and the Dread Path Zone man himself, Tyler, here to talk all things Firefight. Go Rebs! Guys, no Rebs. I think Rob <laughs> likes making editing work for himself. Uh, that's all right. That's you know, fine. we yeah, we're all just one some, take professionals, yeah. and then, and then like, Rob comes in and just cuts off everybody. So if many of you have seen, Firefight has come out lately. We've been seeing a lot of pictures in Firefight Fanatics, a, a, a smaller, gentler, friendly uh, Mantic Game Fanatics Facebook page. Everyone's showing their Firefight stuff. But I'm curious, why don't we just jump right into it? Why a second edition Firefight, Kyle? Was this something you guys had planning, or we know they had released a new edition of Dead Zone, and that game is so popular. But what, what, what sort of prompted you guys to want to revisit Firefight? Yeah, so, you know, Dead Zone was the kind of the hotness with third edition coming in. And when when they brought this up at the meeting in October when I was there last year, right before Clash Kings UK, uh, that was the first kind of that I had heard about it. The studio always pitches what we're going to do for the next year and they lay everything out and firefight second edition. And it sort of felt like the natural evolution of what was going on with Dead Zone at the time. We had just kind of launched Dead Zone 3rd Edition, and everything was going really well with it. So Mantic has tons of minis that were in place already from Dead Zone, from Warpath, uh, the Kickstarters that sort of created that stuff. And the ranges are really complete. So it sort of just made sense to to kind of take it up to the next level. We've got a bunch of tanks and all these cool things that uh, you can't use in Dead Zone. And, and I know Andy had been working on like a Dead Zone XL. Tyler, you were a part of that, I think, at one point. Um, just trying to think of ways that we could kick up what was already available and, and bring it to a more competitive place. And obviously, when you're in a sci-fi skirmish or you know the level that firefight is, you you are going against the big daddy in the industry. So, what can be done with it? What can make sense? And when they pitched it, I was like, "Wow, we're really going to go with this." And I was surprised. And when I first got a peek at the rules later after that point, I was like, "Okay." I see, I see how simple this is going to be. I see what sort of uh, direction they want to take it in. And I think it's going to be a really good place for us to advertise a Mantic uh, real upscale sci-fi game. Well, and let's, let's be honest. Like I love all the models from the Warpath Kickstarter. I love all the stuff from Dead Zone. Dead Zone has been super successful. So it makes sense to follow that anyways. But like, let, let's just be real here. The first edition firefight rules and the Warpath rules for that matter are just not great and that's that's really it's sad to say it but it's true and then i'm so happy that it's it's coming around now to be the rule set that it always kind of should have been especially with the the ability to make it that that mantic like streamline that everybody loves about mantic games the actual games themselves you know you play armada you play kings of war you play 
you know, those kind of games and you play Dead Zone and you're like, wow, this just clicks. And first edition Firefight just didn't have that. So I'm just I'm super pumped for for the way the rules and the way the game plays. It's super smooth and easy, but I'm sure we're going to jump into that more in a second. Yeah, because it kind of like taking a look at the first game, it very much feels like um, uh, a part of if you were to, I guess, describe it, uh, elevator pitch to someone who knows Manta games. It's sort of let's take some of the stuff that we love about Dead Zone. Let's take some of the stuff that makes Kings of War pretty smooth to play, you know, uh, and let's kind of like throw them together. Uh, but I really agree with what, what Tyler's saying, which is uh, trying to identify what are like the, the chromosomes in Manta games or what's the DNA. And often you have a lot of different people designing Manta games. You have rules committee. But in searching sort of for that, what's that sort of linking string that strings all those things? It's that philosophy that Tyler's talking about, which is a game that is relatively easy to learn, but the design of which allows really deep strategic gameplay is that something you guys kind of talk about kyle at mantic or is that something that sort of just happened organically in a lot of mantic games or is that sort of the philosophy you guys are trying to design under i i know from ronnie's perspective it's definitely something that is is really important to him he wants the games to be uh a flowing similar thing and and play in a way that everyone uh is sort of familiar with so if, if we get cross-pollination between the different game systems it, it should be as familiar as possible when you make that jump over to whatever it happens to be so many of our fans tend to do that you know it, it's been dead zone and kings of war at the top uh but even I'm you know definitely Tyler, you definitely think, guilty definitely yeah. guilty of playing all the umbrella like every single thing i've tried them all so i mean it's part of it but then you also have the community aspect where uh, you know, Andy, when he was working on the rules for it, I, I know that he was a big fan of Vanguard, and I know there it's it that's got a very divided uh, fan base. But there were a lot of elements that were good, and I think he really wanted to kind of take from that and, and incorporate them into what Firefight could be. So he did that really well. Um, Armada, the same way. There's there's elements from Armada. There's elements from Kings of War. There's elements from all these things, and you're sort of seeing every every next game release. Kings of War, uh, Dead Zone Firefight, whatever it happens to be, is that we're, we're sort of coming together in a one place with all these things that can share ideas or concepts or even just, you know, names of, of abilities and special rules so that they become familiar. And it, it's it's working really well. Um, I You know, keep your eyes on Kings of War and how Firefight can change it in the next iteration. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Tyler sucked me into Dead Zone. He just sucked me in, and then he taught me the to a lot of people. Yeah, and he taught me the the the, uh, the keys to that game, which is just roll eights. So I've I mean, discovered... it definitely helps. You, you kind of discover that on your own. You're like, well, just through this guy here, and you're like out in the open. I'm like, Jeremy, that's not a very good idea. And then it's like, well, well, you just rolled a bunch of eights anyway, so I guess yeah. you're good. But you've sort of kind of become the face for a lot of you know, especially um, dead zone stuff on YouTube, Tyler. When you're like thinking about a content being a content producer who's developing content like within the greater Warpath universe, what was your first thoughts when you heard that they were going to do a new firefight? Were you excited? Were you like, why are they putting resources? Before, well, you know, I, who's ever going to be 40k? But I mean, it really is its own thing. Talk about, yeah, tell us what you were feeling. Well, in terms of like my my perspective on that, I'm I'm one of the very few people I know that actually did play the first edition firefight, and like I have old firefight you know, battle reports and stuff on my channel. Cause I definitely did try out the game and it was fun. It just didn't grip me in the way that it was like, and, and the problem is it also didn't grip other people 
And I think that's one of the coolest things that we've got going right now is that there's like all this hype coming behind Firefight. And so you're seeing people post pictures, you're seeing people buying armies, you're seeing other people getting excited about it. And so when I heard that they're going to do like a, a new edition of it, um, I mean, I hadn't played Firefight in years at that point because it's, you know, it's a relatively new idea to, to redo it. And then the old version was just like, hmm, yeah, it's fun, but I'd rather play Dead Zone every single time. Where now there's like a legitimate like coin flip, what do I want to play, which is nice. Um, and so, yeah, just coming into the new edition and stuff, uh, I was able to help with some of the play testing. I didn't do a ton. There's definitely guys who did way more than I ever did, but I was happy to be at least kind of, you know, adjacent and gave some feedback here and there about certain things I think could make it streamline a little better. Or even if it's just like, maybe we should write this on this page just to reference the other page, you know, just little tiny things, but all the things that kind of tie into making like a cohesive thing. So I'm glad to be part of the process, but I, I think ultimately I'm just really happy that the game is taking off in the way that it is so far, because I think it's a really fun game and I just want to play a lot. You know, one thing I noticed Rob was when the new edition, I was starting to kind of stick my feet in a little bit more into dead zone and firefight. I'm surprised or not surprised, but having not looked at that part, there really is like a real like chunk of like really cool models. Like I've, I've said it before. Some of my favorite models that Mantic does across their whole range are in whatever game that they're doing is in firefight. So that's gotta be good. You would think, right? You're getting ready for a new edition and you already have all these great models to choose from. They've been, well, they've been pumping them out for a long time, right? We had a, had a Kickstarter a long time ago for firefight warpath made a bunch of great hard injectable to plastic, you know, tanks and planes. And, you know, it's in, uh, and, and maybe the argument is the first edition of firefight didn't live up to the hype or, or didn't get us to where they really wanted it to be. Um, or, or maybe it just didn't resonate with the, with the player base. And hopefully, you know, we, we know dead zone does resonate because you have fanatics like Brian Novak and, and Tyler Schultz that are, uh, just insane, uh, about the game. And so hopefully that'll carry forward, you know, with this new version of firefight, people will get obsessed with it and it'll become a thing, you know, and, and you mentioned 40 K I, I don't, it'll find its own space in, 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 in that. And in fact, you know, Chase Thompson has a question for us. What separates dead zone? He's asking about Dead Zone specifically, but I'll say Dead Zone, and then we can answer for Dead Zone and Firefight. What separates Dead Zone from other skirmish-style sci-fi games on the market, and why should I play Dead Zone over them? So, Tyler, you want to take that question? I mean, I feel like I, I answer this question every time I talk about Dead Zone, because I just think it's the most fun rule set I've ever played. Uh, it always le leads to really interesting, cool moments. Um, the opposed dice roll thing always gives you a story no matter what you do, um, even if it's just like one guy shooting at the other guy and he has no chance of surviving. And then somehow by all miracles, your guy dodges every bullet and lives like that gives you that story. It gives you that, that narrative like cinematic moment. And I think that's, that's what makes dead zone specifically. So awesome that in the terrain. And I really like the way the movement works in that game. It's very rewarding. It's very fast. And because it's on the grid system, you don't ever have to think about, you know, how many inches away is this guy? And you could just count the cubes. You go one, two, three. Okay, cool. We're good. For Dead Zone, I think the reason you should play that is because it's extremely accessible. The rules are really fun and you always have really awesome cinematic moments that get to reflect like a really fun moment in gaming. Um, so that'd be my Dead Zone pitch. Also, you could just, you know, watch my How to Dead Zone video. 
wink wink nudge nudge what's the cha- what's the, what's the channel oh well well what, what, with firefight out don't you need to change it like dread path firefight you know i did i did a <laughs> i did an april's like april fool's joke like many years ago where i just like slammed together every single mantic game into one and now that there's even more mantic games i might have to do that again but you play armada right yeah and you sort yeah. of play Kings not, of not War. on the channel i, I sort of play kings yeah. of war well it How used to be good and then like i don't know like you stop i don't know <laughs> okay all right <laughs> All right. Anyways, back to the question. Yeah, that's that's Kyle. I'm pretty sure that's this Kyle story. So, and then same question for firefight. You know, so you know, uh, obviously it's not compete. You know, it's it, you know, I, I see Dead Zone probably competing with the Infinities and that kind of that's that size game, and you got firefight competing with other games. Like yeah. 40K, so if you're gonna Legion, try to sell, that kind of thing, so what's the what's the pitch there? If you're gonna try to sell firefight, it's. Um, you know, similar size to other games like that, so it's on a six by four. It's um, but what what makes it so different is that it's so much faster. The rules are so much cleaner, and I really like the world a lot more. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people love the grim dark world, and I think there's a lot of cool things in that world. But to me, it just never quite clicks. Like even if I did like parts of that world, there was entire massive chunks that I just did not care about at all. Whereas in Dead Zone and within Firefight, I find every single faction to be very compelling and very interesting and something I want to look into or play or, you know, experience. And then it just in terms of gameplay, it's significantly faster and easier. Um, just like all the Mantic games out there, you share the same set of special rules uh, between you and your opponent. So you're never wondering what the super invul save of sanguinius is and you don't have their 45 dollar book to know what the hell they're talking about so i feel like that because because being being an old 40k player that's one of the things that took me out of that game in particular is i was playing back in college and i played a random guy on a random night at the uh at the game store and he just rolled dice to himself for like 20 minutes in his own phase uh, which was a psychic phase, and my army had no psychic people at all. So he was just rolling dice himself and referencing charts and referencing rule books that only he had because I wasn't going to pay $50 to find out if he's lying to me. And then by the end of it, his guys were all super buffed, ridiculous, like insane toughness. I couldn't do a damn thing. And I was like, this just isn't fun. Um, and so Firefight keeps you engaged the whole time in in a similar way to the way Dead Zone works is that you alternate back and forth after each activation. It's not, I move my entire army and then shoot with my entire it's army. It's not you go, I go. Like yeah, Kings it is. Yeah. yeah, which I think works really well for Kings of War, but I think the, I think sci-fi in general works really well with the I go, you go, because it's very reactive, because then you see something happening on the right side, but you're like, ah, maybe I want to put the pressure on the left side right now, and then you get to you get to make those decisions. And I, I think that really helps the game kind of flow along. And I think it's one of the biggest selling points, honestly, for, for me, D eights are, are huge in this. Um, absolutely huge. I mean, you just have a completely different curve than what you're used to with D sixes. It, it, it changes the scope and that combined with, you know, things that Tyler said, the, the alternating activations, the way that you can use command dice and the abilities, the factions have their own really unique flavor to them. Um, it's really simple mechanics for everything that you're doing from moving, shooting and assaulting. Um, very, very simple stuff. You move and measure from leader models. So when you're charging, when you're shooting, 
you know, make want to make a six inch movement. It's you move the leader model and then everyone else moves up into coherency. It, you're not sitting there with a tape measure and just making sure everybody can go with their max distance. Uh, you can go over individual, you know, model max distances because all you have to worry about is putting everybody in coherency. And so it's really nice for things like cover. You're you're looking from that leader point, just like in Kings of War, drawing the line is half the unit covered. You know, all those kind of basic things that we're familiar with, with the game systems that, you know, Mantic make and, and have that sort of simple, clean gameplay to them. Um, it's all there. And you sprinkle that in with a couple of keywords and special rules that are, you know, accessing uh, unique weapon profiles or the ability to move, shoot, move, you know, for the enforcers or the different toughness a- aspects that uh, certain, you know, resilient and the marauders. There, there's there's lots of flavor that every faction gives you while sharing keywords that everyone has access to, like Tyler said. Um, it, it really, it just ticks all those boxes that what you're familiar with, but they, they did this really, really well. Well, and then, yeah, kind of what you touched on, too, is is even though you're fielding big, big armies, you know, that look massive on on the table, which is a whole joint itself. Really, you're only using, you know, 10 units and units are basically single models that you move up and then everybody else moves into coherency, like you said. And so really, like if you're doing like drop count, like you would in Kings of War or something like that's one of the reasons I, I love Kings of War so much is that it looks like a absolutely massive battle, but you're really only moving, you know, 12 to 14 individual things. And so I think it, it gives the it gives the feeling and the and the joy of like playing a big battle. But really, you're only in charge of so many things. It's not tedious. Like you get to pick and choose each individual thing to I hope that makes sense. I think I think you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, what I'm hearing you guys tell me is that you know, firefight takes a lot of modern sensibility from games that are out there today, right? Um, you know, uh, Roby Jenkins, the, the guy who did Horizon Wars, is a big proponent of not using D6s, right? Because as Kyle alluded to, you can do a lot more interesting things if you don't have a D6. Uh, you can have a lot more variety in those those curves, right? Um, the alternating activation, which is real popular in games like Bolt Action or, or Legion, you know, I, I so that's that's awesome, right? That, that, that you're you're grabbing the same modern sensibility that's out there now, and I think that makes the game uh, that much more uh, tangible or, or uh, reachable and understandable to 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 the the player. And the fact that I, you know, I think you know some people would be hesitant about, oh my gosh, a D eight. Oh, but the reality is that you have a you have a player base coming over with Dead Zone that already has a familiarity with with D8s and the exploding eight, you know all, all you know and, and Vanguard too right, and so you have an op- you had an opportunity to leverage you know D8s. Um, well, and it, and it makes it feel different from the other games that you may or may not be playing. You know, I mean, right. it doesn't have to be exclusive that you only you make a hard switch to firefight and only firefight, but it can actually scratch a different itch than you know you know, something like Kings of War or, you know, competitor games out there. Cause I think because of that D eight, like engine or whatever you want to call it, I just think it makes it a, a totally different experience. And then, you know, it also kind of draws the eye. If you're ever playing at a, at a local store or something, they kind of look over and they're like, huh, that's not, that's 40K. not normal. That's yeah. That's not, not, yeah, and like you, that's, that's uh, not a six sided dice. And like you said, it has elements that you're familiar with. Like, just read the rule book, and it's so interesting to be reading through the the uh, scenery and cover section. And it's talking about your leader model and fifty percent of your unit, 
as opposed to your leader point and 50% of your base. So you see that there's a lot of these elements which work so elegantly in Kings that have been put into this. And I mean, the alternating activation, I think is so important. One of the thing about sci-fi skirmish games I've always disliked is sort of the janky movement phase, which is, do I spread all my stuff out so all my weird auras are in place? Or do I am I in this one line to get this one weird cover spot or whatever? And it was just, to me, kind of unengaging. Whereas when you're looking down at your army and you're trying to decide which units do I activate, and then also some units have a weapon you know, where you can maybe make another unit count as activated, like if you hit him with a flamer or something. So you're looking at all your units, and that's, to me, just that same sort of mental, like when I'm looking at the beginning of a movement phase, like who am I activating first? Okay, so if he activates over there, I need to do this. And it creates a whole other layer of strategy that I love that I've never felt a lot in playing a sci-fi game. But then after that strategy, I get to shoot with my, you know, giant heavy fission beamer or whatever that's so cool about, <laughs> about sci-fi games right yeah. so to me it's just i really love and i think there's a reason why we're seeing that alternating activation style and shooty having miniature games is becoming a part of a lot of modern games because i think it does work really well atlanta keeps you engaged and then you know i got i gotta emphasize when you're playing this game stuff dies yeah. i mean things die and they die quickly and they die efficiently and like Guns feel like guns, and hitting someone with a massive hammer feels like hitting someone with a massive hammer. Like things that are really good at doing what they do, and they do it really well, it's really, really obvious on the table. Like if you get a plague aberration with an unhindered charge, like that guy's hitting on twos, he's crushing stuff on twos, on d8s, and like he doesn't give a damn. So, like, it's it's really cool to see that kind of stuff come to life too, because that constant engagement, I, I can't speak enough to, to how. You know, you're not just thinking about, oh, what's my next turn going to be? It's like you're thinking about because this guy shot like now I need to react to it. And I, I love that reaction thing. It's one of the reasons I love Dead Zone so much. And so it just carries over really nicely into into firefight. I, I think that there's a, a couple of misconceptions, too, just about, you know, in, in D8s and also uh, in damaging and things like that, because it works like Kings of War where you, you know, you hit and then you roll against their defense or their armor. Uh, in this case, and and that's the damage. It sticks. There's there's no saves that you have to worry about or anything like that. And then with the D8s, I, there, there seems to be, I, I keep picking this up online, that there's this misconception that you're rolling like buckets of dice. And and that's really not the case. Um, in most instances, you know, if you have a unit of, of five guys, 10 guys, whatever it is, they're rolling a number of dice equal to the number of guys that are in the squad and the weapon profile will tell you that. But for the most part, for the most part, you're, you're really not rolling extravagant numbers of dice. So you don't even need big investments of D eights. Uh, Mantic obviously sells D eights, which are fantastic. Um, but it's, it's something that you, you know, a lot of people, I think when they imagine it, they imagine like a squad of 30 orc boys that are getting, you know, DACA shots out the wazoo and they're rolling 60 dice. And that's just not the case. So, when you eliminate things like armor saves, when you make the gameplay clean and the dice just do what the dice do, it, stuff is very effective, like Tyler alluded to. You you have to focus on the counterplay, the gameplay. Uh, if if you've got an anti-aircraft weapon and you've got an aircraft on the other side of the table, uh, you know that's a pretty prime target for it. Uh, things like that, they go back and forth. Who are you going to pin before they activate? You know, Do you want to pin and then double activate and charge somebody else to get the bonuses that pinning gives when you charge something? Uh, there's so many little fun things that you can do that that 
just keep the wheels turning at every moment of the game. And because you don't know what order your opponent's going to activate their units in, it's only this process of elimination as you're going through. Uh, it's it's a really engaging, constantly moving, fast-paced thing. Yeah, and you mentioned yeah, you mentioned it there. It's just there's there's there, it's this idea of trying to um, you know we, we mentioned uh, uh, shooting and some dice and stuff, and I just love the simplicity and elegance of like the uh, dead zone um, profile in that instead of each weapons having different strengths and people having different toughnesses and then armor save value, basically every weapon in firefight or dead zone, I think I'm not as much in dead zone as I've been firefight, but the idea that like a regular rifle may roll one die, whereas like a missile launcher rolls three dice. So instead of trying to remember, Oh, this is a different strength or whatever. Certain weapons just roll a different amount of dice and then have shared keywords. I just really like that way of showing power difference between weapons with them making it not slow you down and having to read like exactly what every different weapon does. Yeah, usually the difference in a weapon is either a, a dice or two, maybe a special rule, and then usually the AP. And that's pretty much all you have to think about. And the armor piercing thing is super, super simplified. You just compare it to the guy's defense or his armor stat, and then you just subtract and yeah, like crushing strength are, are are piercing what we're familiar it's exactly with. Exactly like that. Yeah, it works just like that. This is a sci-fi game with lots of shooting, right? Or how does how does this game avoid you know the the problems we have in Kings of War, where the shooting army first person goes first, shoots the other person off the table, and the game's over. So what I mean, I, there's obviously got to be mitigation defensively for take taking taking enemy fire. Tyler, talk us. What what are some of the abilities? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. first and foremost, I guess would be trying to utilize the map around you. Um, just like most games, and especially war games, you got to try to figure out those line of sights and try to hide behind hills and hide behind buildings and move up so that way your guys aren't just getting standing in an open field and it's like the Revolutionary War. Do, does um, it does it have the same kind of thing where if you're in the open you get a bonus like in Dead Zone or how does Spider nope. work? Nope, it's just the negative okay. modifier if they're in cover. Okay, um, all right. So, uh, yeah, shooting is extremely effective. There's a few ways to deal with it. Basically, the fast things in this game are very fast. Um, 15 inches is, I mean, you're you're up the board in two turns, and, and it's quick. Um, and so that's one of the ways you can just do massive amounts of models. If you're something like Plague, you can have, like, 30 zombies in the same unit. And then, you know, when, when each each squad of guys that you're going against are only rolling, you know, six dice. There's only so much they can do for so long. Um, but yeah, really, really there's, it's, it's kind of the, kind of the tactics you'd imagine. You just gotta, you know, you can do transports, you can hop in the back of cars, you can fly up with Hornets. You know, there's, there's definitely ways to, to move around something I need to actually practice a little bit with. And there's a bunch of comments on my video. Uh, They're all like, dude, use smoke. I'm like, all right, I'll look into it because <laughs> I know, I know smoke is an effective way to move up the board. Um, but yeah, I mean with, with any sort of sci-fi game, I feel like there is a little bit of an uphill battle if you're a more melee focused army, but there are definitely ways around it. And um, that's part of the challenge, right? Is trying to figure out and crack the code. I mean, it's still a pretty new game. So I feel like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of interesting strategies that come out in terms of how to effectively do X, Y, and Z, whether you're the guy shooting or the guy getting shot at, or um, Jeremy alluded to it earlier, but like 
using a flamethrower to activate your opponent's models before they're able to go. That's a super powerful way to. It burns. Is what yeah. it, right? It burns. Yeah, it burns rule. is is fantastic. Such a fascinating, and anything, fascinating rule. Well, if you're on fire, you're not. You're and then not I doing know anything like my, else um, but putting out fires. So. My Asterians can get our Asterians can get cloaking drones, which gives you stealthy. Which stealthy mm-hmm. is what you would think stealthy to be. Yeah, an extra stealthy, an extra minus shields. one. Hit, right? I mean, there's yeah. there's a wealth of different things that are are built into the game that are intuitive, but can definitely make a and big difference in your faction. Unlike Dead Zone, it's 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 more similar to Kings of War because you, you can put a forest on the table and the forest, you know, works the same way. You can literally enter the cover or be behind it and block line of sight completely. And there's heights. Um, if you want to use cover or screening units like Tyler talked about the plague zombies, you know, if you legitimately want to use screening to your advantage, you can do that. Um, buildings are a very big deal in this game. They give you bonus to your nerve tests. Uh, they they can provide you know tons of cover and and it's well depending there's a lot on the of ways building they can just up your armor straight up yeah which yeah. is nice so yeah there's, so there's, there's definitely a lot of things that are built in and, well, and opposite of king's war is is everybody's got guns not everybody but you know there's a lot more guns it's it's not just a straight up yeah and everybody has everybody brought a gun to a right gunfight right as opposed to the bringing the gun to a, a knife fight so let's talk about terrain. You mentioned it. You know what? What's the terrain? The level of terrain expected for for a game of firefight? Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely one of the, and I'm curious to see kind of where the meta lands on that. But basically, you just want to make a nice looking board that's got a lot of different features on it. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, just you know, you want a, a nice variation of like Kyle said, like forests that straight up. You know, they're really tall. They block everything. You want a few buildings that can be, you know, accessed and, and moved into and, you know, hills, obstacles. I mean, it's it's really similar in terms of like the terrain that you need for Kings of War or any any other game, really. Um, pretty much any and all terrain that you may or may not have laying around or you want to build or whatever is very compatible with the rule set. Um, and something something to note, too, is is while something like buildings while they can be really beneficial for your army, that's not usually how you can win games, which kind of prevents people from just camping up in buildings and staying there. And then it just becomes two buildings shooting each other and nobody wants to do that. And I think just the, the very nature of having objective based scenarios, similar to Kings of war, where it's like, you have to move on to the actual objective keeps the game flowing, keeps it moving. So people aren't just bogged down and sitting in their little hidey hole and never moving. And so, unit strength is is a thing too. So if you want to take GCPS and and you know the the heavy mortar to heavy weapons teams, those are troops. Like you can use those to unlock and you can spam them, but their unit strength zero. Can't win the game with them. You can yeah. Do lots so you, of you can't yeah you can't just pile on with you know a bunch of crap and then hope it it works just because you have all the fancy guns. Sometimes fancy guns don't win games, and just the the way that the the list building works too. Like you have to take a certain amount of troops to take all the fun stuff. So you can't do an all tank army. You can't do a all commanders army. You know it. It's it's really well done. So Travis Cook asks or has a comment. I haven't picked it up anything yet, but I'm a little torn between GCPS and Plague. You guys want to take a shot? Which what I will say real faction? quick, real quick before they answer. I love the GCPS and that they're not just sort of these like 
they're like super they imagine me like modern warfare like high-tech fighter guys so and i just love it's the dopiest thing in the world but i want to have an army they have this one unit called monocycles they're like motorcycle guys who ride around on only one wheel, but it's like a really cool, like you would think that that's silly, but it's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like one vote for GCPS. Well, I mean, I play GCPS in Dead Zone, and yeah, I and mean, the monocycle's cool, you know, but they're not the only ones. Enforcers have them too, right? And Rebs. Yeah. And Rebs. So, I mean, Jeremy, you don't have to have GCPS a, just to get the monocycle. It's a popular uh, it's a popular mode of transport in the world. I just dig it. It just it makes it, you know, it, it makes someone someone's come to fight, but they also like to party, you know, a little <laughs> yeah. bit. So. Showing off with one wheel. Motorcycle. I mean, so, I mean, the, the generic cheesy answer to this would be pick the models you like the most. Whatever, whatever you want to invest in, you know, that's the stuff you're going to be painting. But objectively, plague or cooler, so pick plague. <laughs> well, they're both kind of they both feel like kind of horde armies, all right, like lots of bodies and stuff. But obviously, the plague is probably even cheap with the zombie guys, right? Like super cheap. So I just it, love the look of different, plague. That is two different ends of the spectrum, completely in in terms of play style. You know, plague have some pretty decent shooting still, but uh, GCPS are, are are that is a shooting faction. Um, they really don't have a dedicated combat unit. Uh, the, the Striders, the neighbor. Are, yeah, ri- riot guys are close because they yeah. get the little shock mall things and they have yeah. shotguns, so they're short range. But yeah, one is very shooty and one is very punchy. If you like monsters, pick Plague. If you like guns, pick GCPS. And if you're like me, pick them all. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. It's actually a problem that I have right now. Like, I, I at first I was like, well, I got some Forge Father stuff laying around. I'll start those. And then the next day i was like well i got some enforcer stuff and i'm gonna build that up and then oh i still have some old asterians laying around i'm gonna i'm gonna make that and i I made like thousand point forces in in four days for three armies just because it it doesn't take that much and i mean and it's all fun to use it's all fun to paint it's all fun to play i mean i i know it just sounds like i'm just gushing but i am i this is actually this game has reinvigorated my entire like backlog um for years and years and years i've had you know a lot of the stuff and then because of playing this game i actually took the time to paint it up to a quality that i'm happy with now because a lot of these armies and stuff are things that i had when i very very first started really getting into the painting side of things and so i had a lot of really janky really badly painted like asterians and uh my forge fathers weren't great and then because of this game and because of the hype around it i've been super super motivated to be painting like i just finished painting four thousand five hundred points ish of forge fathers that have been sitting in my shelf forever i finally didn't did them justice so um yeah i'm just i'm i'm very very energized about this game and about building lists and about building miniatures and painting them again and it just reminded me how much i really love these miniatures and these factions because you know when they sit on your shelf for a long time sometimes you forget how much you loved those models when you first bought them and then going back to it's like oh damn like i'm i love it mark zelinski asks when is the digital rulebook coming out soon Okay. Soon. <laughs> Sometimes that's the, that's the best answer we get. I, I legitimately don't know the exact date, but it actually it's it's fairly soon. And Tyler uh, Mark wants to know when he can host with you a 500 point battle report. 
500? That's like two units. <laughs> Go play Dead Zone if you want to play 500 points. Come on. Come on. Are we, are we expecting uh, Firefight to be an Adepticon next year? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Um, Tyler and I have some other plans, too, that we might talk about here in a little bit. That is awesome. And I know I've told, I know you hear, you've heard it through all the little birdies. I would just please hope and pray to Santa Claus Ronnie. Have firefight not on the same day as as the Kings of War tournament. That's all that I'm. Jeremy wants for Christmas. No, I totally understand that. It, it was it was tough this year with scheduling. Um, I talked to Pat briefly about it. Pat's the one that kind of organizes all the different scheduling and things like that. And it, for whatever reason, I I in I don't know if it was on the Adepticon's end, but it wasn't by our choice that we ran out of uh, availability of space for those events and had to do it the way that it was. But I will say, you know, Rob, there's something special when you when you first get excited about a new game. It's like a nice little like joyous moment. And I've been there with Tyler. Like he doesn't want to know how many times I've watched his two battle reports that I keep telling him. I was like, Make so, more. literally, uh, while while we're talking, while we're on here, um, Bill from Omaha <laughs> just sent me that exact message. He's like, make more. I already watched your two videos. Make more. <laughs> Like, yeah, but it's like it is. It, it's reminded me of why I love sci-fi games, and that I miss having that itch scratched. Don't get me wrong, Kings. I still love it. Still gonna turn them in up the wazoo. Still my main squeeze. But this game scratches a, a really different itch, and it's like what I said about Kings. It's it's like if I could have a Rankin Flanks fantasy game growing up or whatever, it would be like Kings. And if I could, you know, this, it's like now this other genre is getting the Kings treatment. And I know I not to, you know, take anything away from all the dead zone guys or whatever, but I'm just saying it's the sci-fi game is just at this stage in my life is exactly what I want. Cool models, easy to learn how to play lots of skill, lots of depth, but not something that I got to buy a thousand books for. Well, and, you, and still the spectacle yeah. of a full table full of exactly. miniatures. And, I mean, yeah. what, you, what you just said is exactly something we should point out. You know, obviously we talked about it's a modern, sensible game in terms of, uh, you know, mechanics. It's also marketed and designed and, and disseminated to retail in a modern sensibility. You don't have like a codex coming out every two weeks. And, you, you, you know, I mean, Kyle, talk, I mean, maybe talk to that. What is the plan for, you know, uh, you've got a firefight book. You, I'm assuming you've got a book that talks about the factions. You know, what is the future roadmap for books coming out for firefight? Well, you know, I, I, I think that a big part of it is you got to see how the response is before you commit too much into resources to doing those sort of things. But I fully expect based on how well it's gone at launch that we are going to give it all kinds of support um, moving forward. You know, every book. Rebs. And yeah, revs, there are a lot of factions that are not in the game currently and and ones that are in dead zone and in the universe that could have a place. And the thing that's important is that everything that is there now has full hard plastic mantic stuff. Mm-hmm. And we genuinely want to keep it that way. Uh, you, you open a book up and just say, here's a whole bunch of extra factions. And all of a sudden you're inviting other models to come in. And it actually says specifically in this book bring your mantic miniatures so we, we yeah are i've, trying I've to actually keep it. seen yeah I've, I've seen this comment come up quite a few times since the launch and i think that there's some general confusion just because because of the way that you know kings of war is more on the agnostic side obviously there are a lot of mantic stuff that but there's also a 
wide variety of not mantic stuff, um, units included. And I think I think this debate has been going on a little bit. And obviously, if you want to use your stuff to try out the game, I'm in full support. I think you should try it out and see what you think. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to support the company on this one. And I think from from the universe perspective, too, it doesn't make any sense. Like in Kings of War, there's just untold millions of random tiny factions and people and you can do whatever story you want but in in firefight and dead zone it's like it's a very specific world and i think the only even kind of agnostic faction would be like gcps just because they're kind of your standard you know military guys that could be on this guy trying to shoehorn in his own bad behavior what's up no 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 okay (laughs) bad behavior i own like every faction <laughs> but, 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 to your, but, but to your point like in star wars legion it wouldn't make sense to to bring in things that are not stormtroopers to be stormtroopers right like well yeah exactly we, we, exactly we, you have to respect buy off have a shared experience to come to the table we, we kind of want that we want the yeah. dead zone you, or what the fuck you say forge fathers i don't want to look across the stadium <laughs> yeah and, and, and if you want to like space brains you know i, I want to see forge fathers i want to see plague i want to see you know um and, Weapon and, identification is important too. You know what what you see modeled in the unit is is important to know what what is in there. Yeah, gun, yeah guns, like, you have a lot of different guns, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and guy knows in the past, I have not been very. Uh, it's taken a lot of Tyler's time to explain to me what's a, <laughs> this gun versus this gun, so I can make the right GCPS models, so I'm equipped appropriately. That's still one of the best things Dead Zone has going for it, isn't there? In their rule books, with how they have pictures of all the guns. Mm-hmm. I wish every game did that. Love it. And I mean, the rule book does have base sizes. So, you know, kitchen table, if you want to try something out, go for it. You know, I'm all for that. But uh, I think it's definitely time. I'm of the mind where it's like you got to put your money where your mouth is. And that these companies making great rule, great rules and great worlds that also make models that are good. And that's the thing about the, the, the Mantic firefight models is that they're really good. That's another thing where it's like, uh, no longer am I looking and being like, well, you know, I really should have a Mantic faction. or uh, well, uh, I just think it's such an un, uh, underrated line of sci-fi models that I'm excited to, to, to get them, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, I think it's, you know, support the companies that are making the stuff that you love and you know building the communities that you but it's, love. quick answer is it's not agnostic so yes <laughs> get the minis and let's play some let's play some firefight it, it'd be tough i mean even if you want to use space marines in the larger base sizes you're you're suddenly extending the ranges on everything that you're doing and it doesn't work question for tyler schultz from jason Brett: when are more battle reports coming out Look, man, I'm working on it. All right, I'm working all right. on it. I'm, not- <laughs> um, I'm going to be filming a battle report tomorrow, but I think we're going to do Dead Zone because of the whole Dead Zone summer campaign. We're thing. playing a bunch of Dead Zone this weekend. We're, we're super so, pumps. Yeah, also check right. that out. But yeah, I I just finished painting up a bazillion Forge Fathers. Uh, I just got a bazillion uh, Marauders sent to me, so I need to build those and paint those. But hopefully, as soon as we can. I mean, if I had all the time in the world, I'd be doing battle reports <laughs> every day because it's so fun. I don't know. Soon. Soon, another, hopefully. Another question for you, Tyler. Is Defense 6 on Enforcers as good as it seems from your last battle report? Or was it just Dice Luck? Tim was extremely lucky in that battle report, but that has nothing to do with his defense. So That bomber uh, messed you up. Dude, that bomber was nasty. <laughs> it's so good. Um, part of its generalship, I need to just you know play the game more so I can 
put out a good showing every battle report and it was still like a, a two point game in terms of like who actually won. So I didn't get killed that bad. Uh, defense six is good, but um, I, I just, you know, got to bring high AP stuff to handle it. I, I don't think it's overpowered in any way. It's I think a five it's a very, in very balanced game. Yeah. Well, here's a comment. Uh, I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the comment and there's some several questions in there for you guys to unpack. It comes to us from Nick Brooks out of Texas. Good old Nick. Well, yeah, because he was playing Dead Zone with us at. Uh, yeah, Lone, and he was Lone super Lone. pumped about Firefight. He kept asking yeah, me about yeah. Firefight stuff the whole time, and I'm so, happy to uh, answer then and happy to answer now. How do you think we can get a tournament scene going here in the U.S.? It seems to me that one of Mantic's greatest strengths is its streamlined competitive rule set, and these rules feel like Mantic's greatest hits by using elements from several other games like Kings of War, Dead Zone, and Vanguard, as, as, we, as, we, as we mentioned, right? Since some of the, these rules are so popular, how do we think we could use it as a tool to get more fancy players into sci-fi? Also, if this game succeeds, what future factions would you like to see in the game? I think seven factions is a little slim, but 10 to 12 would be the perfect variety. So a uh, lot to unpack there. And Kyle, I know I saw your head shake. Uh, tournaments. Tournaments are really important. Um this is this is legitimately a competitive game, and I fully believe, and I and I think the people who have kind of dived into it already would agree with me that there is a space for the GT tournament that we see with Kings of War with this game. Yeah, uh, when you don't have elements like exploding eights, you know, you you keep it clean and and make the rules as balanced as they are. Uh, there is a real space for it, and Tyler and I had a conversation recently where we said you know if if anybody's going to kick this off the ground why shouldn't it be us so we've we've started very loose planning on on hosting a big firefight gt we want to invite uh especially the kings of war community everybody that we know from these areas uh we have not picked a a, a location solidly yet or or a date completely yet but uh we we've got the support of mantic obviously behind it and if we can get something like that off the ground and and have the the great fun and environment that we have with Kings of War, which we really believe this game can have, uh, there's there's no better way to start than with the great tournament community that we have in Kings of War. Makes me so happy. I'm like I'm like my I'm, my eyes are tearing up, and I'm I'm it's just it's like such a happy camper. It's it's something I've been wanting to do for a while, and. Yeah, I've been wanting to do a GT, but there's so many in the Kings of War schedule, it's hard to figure it out anyways. But uh, I would, I, I, when Kyle messaged me and he was like, hey, we kind of want to do it up. We want to do it up big. We want to do it up right. I'm like, 100% on board. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, hopefully more details to come on that soon. But um, that's definitely something I want to get off the ground running. Um, well, I know, you know, Kyle and I, Kyle Timberlake and I are, are going to be doing Friday night firefight at Kings of War tournaments over the next few months that we're going. So we have a couple factions ready. So I know already there's people who love tournament uh, miniature play who see that in this game and are really go, oh man, this is just like a great sci-fi choice, but still that tight competitive uh, rule set. And yeah, just picture, picture traveling to a GT, getting there on Friday, playing Dead Zone all night long, and then, you know, full on, firefight and then the hobby hangout and dinner and chatting with a bunch of people and all the things that are great about a kings of war tournament except you know for firefight so i'm 100 percent a champion of that uh let's see there's a couple other questions in there nick wanted to know other factions i think 
definitely the place to start with that would be the dead zone factions that aren't represented in firefight. So that would be your, what your Maison labs, your rebs and your nameless. Those are the, the big ones right now that I think would be an awesome expansion, uh, especially it's hard plastic nameless. I would love that. There's that challenge of trying to make a hard plastic reb sprue. I know that's always been a question asked at every like open day mantic thing, uh, which is definitely a challenge because you want to have all those different races, which is what makes reb so rebsy. Uh, but I think it could be done, and I think it could be done really well and really cool if you had just a couple of each guy on each sprue. And I don't know, I don't know the solution, but that that's definitely what I want to see because I love. Love, love, love the new stuff coming out from like Overdrive. The the Yindage Rider guy um, on the Tigrax is like one of the coolest miniatures ever. I just want more of those. So you hear that, Kyle? Make it happen. Yeah, there's, there's you know, in, in a sci-fi space, things can be almost more open than in a fantasy space with what you can do creatively. And that's kind of unique for, for Mantic because... I think that we're kind of known, especially from the Kings of War side of things, that uh, y- you know, y- you take something from fantasy, you try to put a mantic spin on it, but at the same time, everything comes or stems from that Tolkien tropes and and everything that's sort of established in whether it's D and D or or just other fantasy spaces. And, and sci-fi is such an open book, you know, Klingons are Klingons, and and that's the one space you see them. And, and yeah, you can do bugs, and yeah, you can do you know a lot of different things. The, the dreadball teams. I mean, there are tons of different representations of sci-fi stuff and dreadball teams. And so y- you never know, you never know what could be, what could come in and what sort of even fantasy elements could come across. Uh, I've seen comments recently, people asking if, if uh, like the King's war universe and Panathor and, and the firefight universe are the same place and how any of that stuff could, you know, link together. It's, it's not actually officially anything that's the same blames that one sort of uh, unique link, but, there's just there's a lot of opportunity to expand it and i think as long as the game continues to grow we will definitely do that as aggressively as possible yeah I'd, i would love to field a whole table full of nameless and have multiple goliaths running around that just sounds like a dream come true that sounds so fun you know we didn't really touch on it but let, let's talk about the big stuff that the planes and the the stuff that you have models for that really don't come into dead zone very much right how are those integrated into the game i mean tyler you want to yeah, well, so when, when the Warpath Kickstarter launched, they they also funded a whole bunch of hard plastic, really nice kits that go together really well. I mean, there's they're like puzzle pieces. They just like click together. They just slide together. They're great. Um, and some of them are genuinely very large, which is great for a game like Firefight and terrible for a game like Dead Zone. Like even the GCPS mule has a hard time fitting into a Dead Zone uh, cube. And so without that restriction of, of the movement that Dead Zone has and you get to scale up, that comes with it, all those really cool vehicles. And so every single faction that's out in Firefight right now has at least two, I think, hard plastic vehicles or options to make pla- hard plastic vehicles and that kind of thing. And so they're not overly complicated. There's no like weird gameplay arcs of like, oh, you're in the side arc of this vehicle or it, they work like any other unit. They have really awesome weaponry. They can move around fast or shoot really heavy guns or whatever the case may be. But gameplay doesn't get bogged down by those vehicles. And then they're just fun to put on the table and have a spectacle. 
unless you're getting absolutely bombed off the table by a persecutor bomber, in which case it's the bane of your existence and you vow to the sky that you're going to figure out a way to shoot it out of the sky next time. There's sort of transport, you know, transport and, and then offense options with the vehicles. So you've got the ability to have a carrying capacity and, and your troops can hop on board and, and get get carried uh, into combat, presumably, or, uh, you know, just a more strategic positioning easier with with the vehicles uh the forge father's tank you know is is one that uh is really heavily armored where the other flying ones the the hornet the you know uh persecute not the persecutor bomber but the interceptor um they all have that that carrying capacity that uh make it sort of flexible for you to to do things and and you can't carry every type of model there's rules that prevent you from taking like the big stuff inside their bulky units for example um but but movement is still key in the game i mean despite not having arcs and things like tyler mentioned and i i think it's fairly important to to take advantage of that when you can it's it's not as expensive as you might think you know transport might be what is it, about 100 points usually somewhere yeah, in that rough, range roughly around there depends on the transport but yeah yeah so it, it's it's not uh it's not terrible to to invest in one but at the same time they don't do much for you offensively and you you sort of you're using it for the support role, the protection for your units, um, especially the ones that you really want to deliver to the place that you want to deliver them to. And just like, you know, that, that, that's that's the real appeal to them, I think. But th- there's an offensive tank option and a carrying tank option. Usually in both cases, I say tank, but, you know, heavy vehicle. And it doesn't have to be limited to just those either. I mean, there's all types of different vehicles. I mean, artillery pieces can count as vehicles, walkers and really cool mechs and that kind of thing. Those are all their own kind of vehicle. So you get a nice smattering of like, you know, vehicles to infantry to there's just a nice balance between those things because you can't spam them out. So it makes sense to have like a nice variety. Obviously, I think uh, it's shipping, right? It's all it's all out now. We got to do firefight books. The four supplements out. There's a bunch of starter uh, boxes for factions. There's a two player. <laughs> Where's the sweet spot for someone that? Let's start with the person coming from Dead Zone and then the person coming not from Dead Zone, maybe from Kings of War. What's the sweet spot? Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, let's start off with someone who's just going to hop into the game full hog, like Jeremy. I think Jeremy did it up perfectly. Jeremy just went in on the on the launch bundle thing. And that is a ridiculous deal with a ton of miniatures and he's going to be very busy painting and modeling. Hopefully it doesn't take him as long as it takes him to do like sisterhood or whatever. Yeah. I was just going to get the books first, but then I looked at the models that came in that uh, starter bundle and it's like, dude, if I'm paying 40 bucks for the books and I'm going to pay 120 bucks for like 2000 point armies each with the flyer. I mean, it's just, it was wackadoo sauce. So So I, I had to, I had to change my order. And and yeah, not to sound too sales pitchy, but like the price points, especially on those like strike force deals, are really, really good. For like a hundred bucks, you can have like almost eight hundred points worth of stuff in firefight. Um, my favorite points level to play at is fifteen hundred. So you're basically already halfway there, and then you just have to add a few bells and whistles and toys and monsters, and then you're good to go. So I think those I think those strike force things are a crazy good deal, and then definitely the best starting point. And then that'll also give you all the possible stuff you'd want for dead zone, uh, especially depending on the faction you're playing. Like if you buy one of those starter 
action things for firefight, like you're set for dead zone. Like you'll be able to pick any options you want. You'll be able to kit them out however you'd like. And so it's kind of a two for one in that, in that sense. Uh, if you already have a sizable dead zone uh, force, you'll probably just need more core troops because you'll have a lot of specialists and things because, you know, when, when the scale gets smaller and you have more specialized weapons, you'll probably need more guys who just have generic rifles. Uh, so look into just kind of bulking out your force if you already have, like, say, like, Rob, you have your GCPS guys. I'm sure a lot of them have, like, you know, flamers and grenade launchers and stuff, but you might not have a whole bunch of guys who just have the, the regular rifles. So you might want to get more of those dudes just to kind of build out uh, your force. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't go Jeremy's route. I just went with the GCPS starter and then the veteran bundle, which is like. Yeah, uh, veteran bundles. The dice. Yep, yeah. perfect. Yeah, that's a perfect place to start. And and because there's only one set of books with only two books in it, um, it's very, very easy to get into at least the game. If you just want to start out and just start off with reading the, the rules and see what we're gushing about, I mean, that's an easy, easy way to start, too. Here's another question. How many mules do you need for a GCPS army of 1,500 points? Let's see. GCPS, I would probably take maybe one or two. I don't I'd think you need a most. ton. Yeah, because they're they're not very effective on their own, like what Kyle was saying. Um, I would I would probably put a bunch of the riot troopers in the GCPS mule, because I think that's the best option for it, because they have shotguns and they're short range and they punch stuff reasonably well for GCPS. Um and then like once they drop off the guys, they're pretty mediocre at best. Like they have a pinning weapon, but like la di da, it's like two dice. So don't don't invest too heavily in the mules, but if you want well, to heavily invest one, into, so we'll just we'll just stick with one. Since yeah, it's it's a great start. It's a great start. I, I think that's kind of a general rule, not just for GCPS, but for all the transports. You probably don't want a whole ton of transports because once they fulfill their purpose, they're kind of just a point sink. I think it's a worthy point sink to get that initial like drop off, but then after that, it's like. I, and now this is why I like the GCPS because we were talking about this earlier. They're not Imperial Guard. Like Imperial Guard is a bunch of grunts and a lot of, and from the 40k universe, right? With a bunch of tanks. I see the GCPS is more like the, the the Marines from Aliens, highly like highly trained up, big ass guns, and just almost like an elite fighting force. Even though there's a lot of them, it, they're they're more elites. Maybe they just don't have I mean, as much you, armor. You look at look at the Rangers and tell me they're not elites. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. they can take and and I mean Jesse used to love the GCPS and he would just rain down death with those stupid guys. I mean, mortar teams. Oh, oh my God. These mortars, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you can take, I think it's forge fathers and GCPS where their base troops can take two special weapons instead of just one in the squad. And to me, when, when, when you've got a weapon that has blast D four on it on a D eight, that's, that's a, that's a pretty powerful thing. So you put two grenade launchers in there. If they both hit, and and they both you, blast well. Yeah, they yeah, both blast well. You're rolling you're like eight rolling more, eight <laughs> dice for two guns, and and yeah, that's nuts. And and you can replicate that fairly easy at low points. Um, combine that with things like the Ajax Strider that's got blast on its ranged attack. Uh, combine that with the mortars that have blast on the or the missile launcher that has blast on it. I mean, they can really lay down some nasty firepower, and and it's just a ton of fun. It, I mean, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Super, super excited. And uh, Jeremy, why why did you pick the like 
the Fufui uh, Asterians. Like, why did you pick some? Oh, I, I just thought they were really cool. I love the okay. idea of the, the marionette, which is their basic troop, that it's like a construct. Yeah. And then, like, they and they don't just have the crappy constructs. They have, like, the ones then are then piloted by actual warriors. They just don't go fight on the battlefield themselves, but they're mm-hmm. still. So I love that idea. And like the Spectra assassins slash. I was gonna Spectra say, let's let's be real here. It's it's the Spectra. For the Spectra. Yeah, that it's model is so amazing. The Mastodon are pretty good too, though. Let's be honest. I have two of them in my army. Um, so I just like that idea of like like of drones, and the drones can take like um, or the contracts they can take different types of drones. I like I like the shield mechanic. I think yeah, is really the shields are very big. Halo style shields yeah. are really cool. Yeah, and their shield mechanics into where uh, they disregard hits. So it's not overpowering in that you those could have been hits that don't even do wounds, but it just gives you something to take the edge off just a little bit. And there's a lot of different stuff you can do to build your shields back up. Uh, so I just kind of like that. They, and I, they shoot on like threes. I mean, ciphers yeah. shoot on threes. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you guys in cover. I'm still hitting on fours now. Like la di da. They have I'm one unit awesome. called Black Talons that I really like that are super elite commando guys that they have like the regular uh, no rifle but it has armor piercing and their commander lets them shoot even if they've been activated. So it's well, like, so you what's can... that thing that, that Hal always strike. says, I think it's hashtag no problems with an eight. Yeah. <laughs> so I love, and that's another thing we haven't really touched on is how they do sort of the, 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 the pizzazz or the special sauce is your different commanders can issue specialty orders. So there's a lot of, oh, yeah, we probably stuff, should touch on orders <laughs> uh, stuff around the order system, but I love them. And then like, I love the, the um, enforcers are the, the, okay. So the whole faction is enforcers. And then the peacekeepers are the heavily armored ones, right? Within yep. the enforcers. Correct. Yeah. I think the peacekeepers are really cool. I mean, guys in like big buff armored guys. Pathfinders uh, are good too, though. Yeah. Pathfinders are very just, good. The world is actually the world is just really interesting, and instead of having like the big bad is like after playing terraforming Mars so much, I love it. Is that the how it's like all these you know a capital unfettered capitalism and it's all these corporations. So I think the world, the Warpath universe, is really interesting. Yeah, and like the Forge Fathers believe that their gods, like there's this god dragon that created the stars, and so everything that was created, like the Forge Fathers, are owed that. Like it's it's just a great like lore thing where it's like oh yeah all that stuff you think is yours is really ours because our ancient dragon god thing created it so it's manifest destiny baby let's let's go take it over I just I just love all the different motivations for for all the various factions. Command well, awesome yeah this is awesome. Uh, I have a question um, for these. I'm wondering if, and maybe you can help educate me, Kyle, if I'm doing it wrong. Is there a way for me when I want to search your guys' products, if I want to look at Dead Zone and Firefight stuff together? Uh, not quite. Uh, okay. If you're looking at Firefight stuff, a lot of times the Dead Zone stuff will also appear there. Is it sometimes it'll be like that one or two kit that I, I'm trying to find and I forget, is it under Dead Zone or under Firefight? And I can't ever find it. But. Sure. You could always like search the faction name. Okay. And then it and should then pick see up all everything. products. Awesome. 
Oh yeah, these right these these urban are is it the right are these urban pacification? Is that the riot troopers you were talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah, they're, they're so cool. awesome. They're well, awesome in Dead Zone awesome. too. They're super these cool. models are amazing. I love yeah. the what is this like little freaking? It's a little drone, baby. <laughs> it's, it's prime for magnetizing. You get the mag, you know, magnetizing oh, that weapon. Man, I love that the little spider drone. drone. Yeah, the yeah, attack drone. Awesome. Yeah, that's and then um, in in the rule book too, there's this really cool picture of like a civil unrest on like a urban planet where it's like the rebs are throwing stuff and the the riot troopers are all standing there just ready to gas them and you know making sure nothing goes crazy i I love that picture i think it's awesome well i don't know guys i'm hyped i'm ready to go uh i put my order in so we'll be getting we'll be getting the new faction starter and books and stuff in the near future and jeremy you already got your stuff or it's not here yet yeah so i got my stuff from chris fisher over at nice. troll horde games uh he's got a bunch of stuff uh, always great to uh, to deal with him he fully stocks all of mantix things mm-hmm. so he yeah so more today so. okay cool yeah because i know he sold out of the launch mm-hmm. bundle uh so that's amazing to hear that i mean yep. i was so happy and he yeah because at first i was like oh, i'll just get the books and then I was talking to Tyler, and then the next week, okay, I want the launch bundle. I want Asterian Strike Force. I want a cheeseburger. I want a hot dog. I want, uh, you know, it's just like I, I upped it. So, but yeah, no, it, it's, I definitely have like the, I want to do every faction now because each, as I look at each faction has, I want to make it rain with the Rainmakers. You know, it's just, that's, that's I next love, on my list is I, I need love to the, put together all my Marauders. Marauders are really fascinating to me because it's got some of the cool elements of orky stuff, but that they're not just like hawker soccer hooligans that it's, they're like super highly trained mercenaries. So, oh man, just the factions are so cool. Those Ripper suits are so good too. Yeah, totally. Um, and they have like a resilient where they can like you can make them re-roll a certain yeah, you force damage rolls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're just like little tough, you know. And that's the thing. I've watched three or four battle reports, and already I feel like I understand how the game works. And not in like a boring way, like, oh, whatever. It's that, oh, I understand resilient, I understand stealthy, I understand, you know. I understand way to fire. It's like all this stuff. It's just, it's accessible. The rule system is just so accessible. Well, what do we not touch on? We probably should touch on faction orders and leaders a little bit. Yeah. That's pretty important. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, basically there's, there's the way to truly win this game is to be a good commander. (laughs) Uh, So basically you have your command options that you can, you can sort through and, and pick and having a good commander is important. You absolutely have to take at least one command unit. And similar to the way that they are in Dead Zone, um, each faction unit guy has his own ability that can be granted to his his uh, his friendly models. And that can come in the form of either an aura or a direct order. And these allow you to kind of go above and beyond the regular uh, faction, you know, just the the generic shooting or whatever, this will add buffs and give you special rules that you might not ever otherwise have. And so this is really where the game gets um, into that kind of more fun, crunchier competitive stuff is when to use your commanders, when to have them vulnerable so they can give buffs to your guys, because, you know, in order to do it, there's certain ranges that you have to be within and you can't be too vulnerable because then you'll get shot off the table. And so there's a very fun balance between, making sure that your commander's effectively leading and giving your guys the right buffs and movements and that kind of thing while not 
dying. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, and you don't you don't want to spec too hard into having too many commanders because then you don't have enough boots on the ground and you know that kind of thing. And so it's there's a lot of tactical depth that comes along with the commanders and some of the the orders are just incredibly strong. And so you utilizing your ability to manage your own command pool. So every, every round you roll and see how many command dice points you have, and then you spend those throughout your turn and anything that you don't spend, you can use a leftover one to eliminate like a pin token on your guys. And so there's a lot of things that get factored into the way that this plays in terms of like, you need to, effectively manage your command economy so that you're not you know going all out totally 100% on something and then having no command dice left over and your whole faction's pinned and then you can't effectively perform next turn and so there's like a very fun balance and that's I think that's where all the generalship or not all of it but a lot of the generalship comes in between when to activate stuff when to use those to do extra activations and when to use your faction special stuff um, to work as a perfect little symphony that kills your opponent using the different uh, options that you have at command is is pretty important, but it's also important when you're list building and putting everything together. You kind of want to pay attention to what synergies they have. Jeremy mentioned, you know, the Black Talons for the Styrians. Uh, having the Black Talon commander available, obviously, is going to give them bonuses where they may not give bonuses to other units. You do have faction abilities and orders that are just for the faction so that you you put the, you put the units on the table you've got three orders available then you've got two very generic ones where you're able to like tyler said clear pinning tokens or double activate and those things become very important and if you're playing certain factions you've got the ability to sort of uh manage that economy differently so while you know certain certain factions i think have better access to more command dice you get you get access to uh, different colored command dice that give different pips. So they're very similar to uh, what's in Vanguard, the 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 same you know sword dice basically that was there. If you're familiar with that at all, uh, and your pool of dice becomes important. But uh, let's say you're you're playing Forge Fathers and you've got uh, Headstrong, which helps you shake off pinning. If you're playing Asterians, you've got Construct, which you know they they can't be pinned. They're robots. So you can kind of take into consideration, I, I may not have the most, you know, command dice, but I don't have to worry about pinning as much with those two factions. So you really just want to pay attention to to what commanders you're taking and then what abilities they have as you're building your list out. And I think that it becomes crucial to sort of the fun and the flavor of what you're putting together in your force. Yeah, and the, and the faction, yeah, the commanders that you pick can really affect the way your faction plays too. It's really similar to Dead Zone in the way that, like, if you pick a very up close and personal, like, lead from the front, punch you in the face kind of leader, it doesn't make sense to take that leader with a whole bunch of snipers and shooters because he's not going to get the full effect. And so you get to kind of build your list around that kind of play style per leader. So it's not just per faction, but there's also a lot of a lot of wiggle room within each faction to play different styles. And that's kind of unlocked through the leaders. 
kind of reminds me of battle groups, right? Like when I'm looking at the Asterian list, I'm thinking about like, oh, if I want to take Kalishi, I'll take a Death Strike, and she'll run with them, and they'll be like a little, you know, or maybe my Overseer will go with my Spectras because he'll help their shields. Or so it, it definitely yep. in like the early list construction, the commanders seem sort of like these mini little focal points that you're building your sort of sub sets. Is that kind of what you think about when you build li- lists? Uh, Tyler, are you looking at? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Like, like, so okay. I'm I'm painting up a whole ton of the forge fathers, and like, it, it occurred to me I don't have that many brockers. Like, I, I have enough for maybe one full unit in firefight, um, and so I'm a lot less likely to take like the brocker chieftain guy because all of his buffs are very brocker specific, and so you know because of that I might look towards other leaders to try to. Because I feel like it's almost a waste of points to try to buff just one unit. Whereas if I had a whole bunch of brockers and then I took that leader, it kind of changes the math on it. And then it's like, oh, well, now this is an effective you know, battle group, like you said. And so I think there's there's a lot of variation within each faction and each leader kind of unlocks a different way to utilize their abilities. Awesome, guys. I don't know. Uh, do, we, do, we, do we miss anything? We got everything covered? Yeah, I mean, we, I think we talked about the big questions that I'm hearing we've already talked about, right, which is what's, what's next. So, Kyle, I do see that they've also started a rules committee, right, for Firefight, a la sort of the other Mantic games. Yes, absolutely. It's a really important thing to, to have uh, a group of community experts that are willing to dive into the game. They're really passionate about it, that are there to answer questions um, in public spaces, you know, Facebook forums, that sort of thing. And... It's a core part of how we run our games. We want to be involved with the community. We want to be involved with the top players. Uh, And if it's going to be a a competitive tournament game like we really want it to be, then that's how it has to be. And these guys really know their stuff. Like during the the playtesting, the guys who are on the rules committee went so far above and beyond to make sure this is such a good game on launch. That like they they put in some serious work. I mean, Andy, Andy Sharp, obviously, was like kind of the lead game designer and i think he knocked it out of the park um but yeah these guys know their stuff they definitely care a lot um like i said during the playtesting stuff these guys would put in just double digits of battle reports and shockingly little amount of time and it's just like man the dedication i love it so yeah go rules committee thank you for your hard work well i'm excited rob i'm i'm Ooh. ready i was you this excited since you met your abbas yeah, well, I know. I mean, it's just exciting. I think it's, uh, you know, and again, I love Kings. Don't get me wrong. This is just like, I, again, it's just a style of game that I came up on. I played this mm. style of game before I did the rank and flank. So it definitely has that like inner inner child Jeremy uh, geeking out. And I think that it's it's fun to get in on a game at the ground level and you can start you can kind of build with it and stuff. And I just think it's going to fit in right in with a. Uh, uh, and I just really love seeing those elements of what make Mantic games great begin to become really identifiable. Uh, uh, really, they, their games have a flavor and a and a feel, and I fe- really do feel that in Firefight of being able to see the things uh, that I like about Mantic within the game system. So I'm super jazzed. One last thing I kind of want to mention about, okay. about the rule book because it just occurred to me. Another really nice thing about this game is that there's a lot of different game modes within it. Um, there are a ton of scenarios. There are literally like eight competitive type, you know, evenly matched scenarios, but then there's also eight just for, for fun, random 
narrative kind of things where you stumble on weapons depots and the planets crumbling around you. That's the first battle report I did just because I thought it was watch out fun. for the lava. Yeah, there's there's all kinds <laughs> of fun stuff within this game. So the sky's the limit in terms of, of what's to come down the pipe. I mean, I'm sure if it's anything like Dead Zone, it'll have, you know, good support. And then within the next year or so, we'll be able to have another book that comes out that has, you know, fun act faction updates and things like kind of like clash of Kings sort of deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kyle could probably speak to that more than I can, but I, I would hope that, that when, when there's cool new updates, it'll be, you know, official, it'll be easy to access and you'll have new ways to play. And there's remember, a Rob, lot to get started on. And remember Rob, we have our Mantic challenge coming up so that if you didn't want to do a Kings of war army with us, but you want to do a firefight, strike force you know another you know we're going to be having a lot of people working on mantic models over the next couple of months so it's a perfect time to go ahead and just pick up that strike force or that start working on whatever half of the two-player starter set you know get it share it with a buddy you know we're going to be working on stuff all through the summer and if you want to really, yeah, go ahead what's really nice is that we have the dead zone campaign that is launching this weekend uh so that'll be what may 14th 15th uh, in that time frame. So at the end of the campaign, it's going to scale up into firefight. So it's a really good, well-designed way uh, to specifically, if you want to start and get into dead zone, just to start small, uh, it's, it, you can do your painting, do your hobby as you're building up to it. And then you can finish up in firefight by the end of the summer. Uh, you're going to have a full scale firefight force and you might have a tournament to sign up for. I was going to say, you got to get ready for a GT hint, hint, mm-hmm. nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And if you want to go hardcore mode in our uh, army, challenge do both kings of war and firefight 300 points each maybe 300 points of kings of war per month and then i guess if you're looking at 1500 points maybe 150 or 200 points for firefight per mm-hmm. month. yeah so, i think that would be fun i might do that that's actually a good idea well yeah jeremy you have like a thousand minutes to, to build up man i know i have so much i have so much to do i have a lot to do but again it's exciting it's it's good to have projects and be pumped so now the reason to use all my uh secret weapon miniatures was in my neck of the woods here and uh they went out of business used to make really nice uh square or round based resin uh bases so i have a whole garage full of stuff from his sellout factory so it's like okay i gotta build a faction to match all of my themes of my resin basing so i'll be busy for a while love to hear it that's that's the best kind of and i'm just really happy that my wife is now home she has earphones in her ears so she's not hearing anything i'm saying about what's actually in our garage so as far as she knows it's just clothes so that's my story and i'm sticking to it you want to take us out tyler sure Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you pick up Firefight, check out the rules, and play some games, because it's great. And until then, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.
I heard you can counter charge in firefight. Is that true? You can counter charge in firefight. Oh, hey, it. it right. I mean, it. We might have to have a whole firefight show on counter charge. Yeah. Okay. Well, now every time you do that on your battle report, I better hear you go. Oh, counter I will. Charge. Same way I always say, "Weight of fire." Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so there's weight of awesome. fire on counter charge. Counter charge. Well, thanks, guys. That's fun. Yeah. Always thank you. Is. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, are you in a closet? I am. What, well, it's got the best. Here? It's got the best audio quality. Oh, if I do yeah. it in the other room, it, it's all <laughs> it's all janky. Oh, so, yeah, geez, I'm, I'm in, my, in my closet.